So she pours me a beer and sits down. She this is Fat Tower. I, I believe it's from Lexington, Kentucky. Podcast. I'm Chris Hill. And I'm DJ Loop. And uh, yeah, got a great show for you guys today. What did you learn from the last part of the podcast? Um, I learned how to take burps out of um, out of audio files, which was very helpful. Your listeners, you're welcome. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> and I learned that I am from the South. <laughs> yeah. Um, I should have known that already, but when I heard myself on... Um, podcast I'm like yes I'm from East Tennessee yeah I learned that, that I learned that 84 minute podcasts are probably not a good idea in the future yeah you gotta start somewhere yeah I mean you know and it was it was all really really quality conversation too mm-hmm. so yeah. there's no way we could cut it down we had to leave the gold that was there it's yeah. just too too awesome gold for you the listener <laughs> the gold so, to hear us ramble for hours about beer. Absolutely. I had somebody mention that I say um too much, so I'm mm, really self-conscious about that now. Yeah. So I'll, 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 I'll make sure every time you pause, I'll hit the um for you. We need an um button. No, no don't do that. <laughs> you, you, you don't understand. Like Audible ticks like that are really bad. Like In high school, we had a teacher that only said okay after everything, including breathing. She'd just say okay. Okay, okay. I was, um, there, there I go. I was in class and she would say, like, okay, like, I think we counted over 100 times one class just in the first 30 minutes. It's yeah, pretty bad. Wonderful, wonderful uh, customer at the beer market that comes in all the time. His name's Moses. He's the most sweet man, awesome dude ever. He's probably a listener. He, so. he, he's awesome. But he, <laughs> but we have the uh, we have the Moses drinking game. We say every time he says "Okay there," "Okay there," we we take a sip of our beer. Does he know you have that drinking game? No, he doesn't. He's mm-hmm. a fun guy, though. He likes he, 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 he might know now. He might know now. So <laughs> I will tell him to listen to the podcast that he's mentioned. So no, he he can definitely get the mark the whole beer market drunk then. Yeah, exactly. He could very quickly. <laughs> And like yeah, he's he's clockwork. He's uh, like like literally ten after ten. He's in there. He buys a six pack of PBR. That's he awesome. He keeps it classy. Buys a six pack of PBR. Then then usually one of the one of the patrons will go, Oh, hey, Moses, we'll get you a beer. He's like, Well, okay then. And Moses will will tell stories about the video games he's been playing for hours. He's, oh yeah, he's he's a special character. I like Moses. Hardcore gamer then. He is a hardcore gamer. Yeah. He's, he's he's just he's just a nice guy. I mean, you have to get to know Moses. He has this quirky quirky thing, but we have the okay there game. Okay there. He's he's not from East Tennessee. No, not not at all. <laughs> not at all. He could he can pretend if he tried, but yeah. I digress. Cool. Um, so so many of you are probably wondering if you you're just now um, starting to listen to the podcast. We you may have heard DJ and I say that we're going to have. Brewfest on this podcast. You may wonder why they're not on yet, and that's just simply scheduling. We're getting them. 
we'll probably have an extra special podcast for you again this month. That's right. Not one, but two. And Joel, that's at your request. So you're welcome, buddy. Yeah. Um, but we're doing that, and that'll be that'll be really cool. Yeah, we'll get down there. You do the more detailed inner workings of what a brew festival is. We're gonna go over a little bit that today. Yeah. So we we want to still educate okay. you on brewing and or not brewing on what to do if you've never been to a beer festival, festival. before, and the perks of going as well, including yeah. lots of vitamin D. Exactly. So, so yeah. Um, with that said, we can go ahead and uh, I guess jump right into festivals. Festivals. What do you like? I I take festival from a different point of view. I like I went to a festival first and went to a couple festivals first without um, working them. And I've got two different points of view. I got the consumer point of view, and I, and I've got the the worker setter setting up the festival point of view so but as somebody who hasn't has never like helped put on a festival yeah what was what's your point of view of what makes a festival great what or good to, or, oh or gosh to, to me what makes a festival really good is being able to go in and just have a good variety of brewers there um to even have some food there you know to have some other things for for those people that are walking around and, and just um, trying to find new beers, you know, it's just, it's always unique. Like one thing I really liked the Brewfest did this last year was having the cigar company there. That was awesome. You know, not something you would normally pair with beer, but they had some really cool cigars that were Oktoberfest cigars that matched with the beer. And I thought that was really awesome. Um, so having, having things like that, that really tie into it, really make it good that I really liked. Yeah, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of planning goes into that. People don't realize that, like, they'll see a festival and they'll go, oh, that, that, that's, that's awesome, I bought my ticket, and, and they don't realize, I mean, a lot of times a, a year of planning goes into a festival because mm-hmm. you have to organize the breweries and the distributors, um, you have to get the, the signs printed, you have to get the, the, I mean, everything, there's just, just so much that goes into uh, making a beer festival, and we're in the end of that season, where the, the, the festivals are more prevalent now, like Thirsty Orange is one of my favorite beer festivals in Johnson City. I've been there. I didn't get to go this year because I was in New Orleans. In Johnson City, right? Yeah, Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, it started at the Mellow Mushroom, and it's mm. just grown um, to a large festival. And um, in in the past, they 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 went to, they kind of encouraged the brewers. I don't know if it was a mandate or an, just encouragement of the brewers. They want something unique to the festival. So a lot of times when you go to festivals, you get something you've never had before. Yeah. So and you you get that. So for, for the for the non crafter person, you get that. Uh, you get a chance to find your palate, find what you like. Mm-hmm. But also for the crafter head, you get that experience of having something um, that you you never have had before. Maybe probably not have again. Yeah. Then you then then you get the a lot of times like. Um, one of my biggest things with festivals is no, don't get me wrong I love the hundreds of volunteers that help pour mm-hmm. and they, we need those people but also love it when the brewers and, and show up to help pour or when they at least work or with the people, people pouring, pouring yeah. and but I understand because the, a yeah. brewer has or a brewer or, or a representative of the company they have a lot to do on a festival day they're meeting yeah. and greeting and they're, and they're, and they're but 
I'll love it when a the head brewer or a representative of the brewery so you can you put a face with the product. I'm like um, I've I've um, met and um, met the Kafkiller guys for um, over several festivals at the Beard and Beer Market, and those are some of the most recognizable guys on faces you'll ever see. And a lot of times they'll remember you from past festivals and places like that. They they really take time. They they kind of they're, they're zany guys. They know they kind of know their their, their people who come show up at a lot of these events, and they'll take the time. Then they'll talk to you for a second. You put the face, but it's a quirky beer, crazy beer they make, and they're even crazier people. Yeah, and you get to kind of see that correlation, which is awesome. As a somebody going to the festival, you like to see that you like I've been drinking this beer for a year or so and you get to see you're like this is a crazy yeah. beer you'd like to see that face in, in a way it's it's um yeah it's it's putting that personality with the beer it's like seeing a rock band live or something you know you you actually get to see how they are in, in real life and to actually get that personality along with it now sometimes i can go to the opposite direction i'm not going to name names but there may have been a group right next to alliance brewing that was doing some heavy promotion at the last brew fest that was a little a little, a little bit overkill. A little bit overkill, and there was one. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, I'm not going to name names, but there were. It, it was. It was very much a sex sells type of promotion that yeah. would go great if you were selling. I don't know, Bud Light, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. it, it had more of that vibe to it. And I tried the beer. It wasn't bad, but I wasn't that incentivized to go back to them because it just didn't feel genuine. I mean, that's something we talked about. You know, earlier tonight was just you know genuineness within yeah, authenticity. Um, authenticity. That's the word, not genuineness. I'm the one making up words, but um, uh, authenticity is really important in in the craft, and that yeah. even extends down to the festival and, level. And like, I mean, even the like the the with all, you know, with authenticity is like people want that face with the bird because it shows them like they can go up there and go, how did you make this? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the brewer can kind of give them a brief description of how they make them. And they, you, you don't get that a lot with other beverages, other, other atoms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't get that, uh, one-on-one relationship with somebody who's made your dinner. You, a lot of times you don't go to the chef that's cooked your food, your meal and go, how did you prepare my meal? You don't get that, but you get that in a craft beer festival set up. Yeah. And like, and you can get that if you take the time to tour a brewery. But sometimes that's travel expenses and stuff like that. And a festival is con- consolidating into one area, and you get to you get to meet people. And mm-hmm. plus, also you get to meet people in your own town that you probably that, that are that you never met get to met never get to meet before. And yeah. Stuff like that. So. Well, and there's you know there's also the one of the things you know going back to things I look forward to in a beer festival is actually seeing all the local breweries there. It always makes me a little sad. When a local brewery does not show up to the local beer festival, yeah, it's like, are you really, are you just above this? I mean, yeah. you know, if you're not a major distributor, I, I don't think there's any excuse for not being at the festival. Mm-hmm. Just in my opinion, yeah, I mean, you you have to like if you're a local brewery, you need to represent your local festivals. And a, I mean, nine nine times out of ten, it's most of the festivals are for a good cause. Yeah, and you want most most time you want to. To help this support that cause and you want to I mean also that's the I mean interacting with the people is the best way to get your name out and to I mean, word of mouth is still the best advertising 
So, and that's what a great, that's what a great thing about a festival is. You can build so much word of mouth. Like in most festivals, and um, I know Thirsty Orange has one of them, and, and Brewfest has one, they have mm-hmm. that homebrewer section. Yeah. And a lot of these homebrewers are aspiring brewers. They want to, they want to get, they want to get their, put the trade in to make a profit one day to, yeah. to sustain, sustain themselves a business and a lifestyle. So, like, they can enter in the brew, in the, in the homebrewer section. And that's always one thing I always recommend. If if, if you go um, to a festival, just walk when you right when you head into the doors. Just walk right by all the major labels. Walk by your local brewers. Those are guys that are going to be there for the festival's directions. The home brewers, they 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 have probably spent a lot of time and a lot of effort, and they don't have as much cash flow. To get, the, gonna, to, you, to get the beer to you for the festival. And they busted their tail to get that beer. And they've worked hard, They've and, and they don't have that much supply. And yeah. getting that instant feedback is that if you're a home brewer is probably is, is very important and can help you make business decisions down the line. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of people that are inching closer to... to Making themselves a small brewery. I mean, I mean, it's, it might be just a low quantity brewery, but, but but being part of a beer festival has encouraged them to that instant feedback has encouraged them this can work. Yeah. So I was like, like that, that's the way I work with festival home brewers, local brewers. Then when you're when, when the, the 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 festival's wrapping up. And I have nothing against New Belgium. I love them, but they make a lot of uh, amazing stuff. But you can get New Belgium down the street at the gas station, or at least I can. <laughs> no, you you can't yeah, in Tennessee. Exactly, Tennessee. at least in Knoxville. So, so most of the time in New Belgium, they'll throw something new out there. Though um, they've done um, at one festival, they were doing infusions. They were taking their snapshot wheat and infusioning with um, oranges and grapes and cranberries and strawberries and it was delicious it was something different but the thing it is it's that's that's something if you if if I, if I go oh I didn't get that they ran out I wouldn't be disappointed because I could get it down the street yeah so, well and that's I mean that 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 infusion thing you mentioned is another thing that's you know when you're talking about um festivals that I really love. I love the one-offs that you can get. Like, you know, the first time I ever had Cold Mountain by um, Highland was at Brewfest because they had it there. It was on tap. It's hard to get. And of course, they brought it from their private stock to share. Yeah. So things like that, you know, opened my eyes as I'm I'm getting into the craft beer world to more than just, you know, what I may think of as my favorite brewers. You know, one of my favorite ones that is represented every year by a distributor rep is Samuel Smith, but I have never seen Samuel Smith on tap. I've never seen somebody actually come and represent Samuel Smith. It's always just been a distributor that's been doing it and a volunteer that's pouring it out. So, so that, you know, that, that can kind of lead to some frustration, but I really, you know, yeah, it's going to these festivals, going to these things are really fun. And there's a lot of ways you can you know, a lot of ways you can attack it, you know, very much. I follow your lead in trying to find the craft beer section first and trying to do all that. But, um, but you know, something else that's just as important as being at the festival and strategizing for it is your preparation and getting there. 
Right. So, so what do you what do you actually do to prepare for the festival? I mean, for a festival, an H two O, you yeah. you want to make sure you're well hydrated for the festival, and you eat incrementally through a festival. You don't want to like. There's nothing worse than getting to a festival than you've had your you've had your ten sample cups and your your stomach's rolling and your head spinning and you and you like I uh, can't. I can't have any more, and you've ruined the festival. Yeah, there's ways you can enjoy the festival without being belligerent, uh-huh. and without, um, without with, with maintaining your with, with maintaining your sobriety throughout an entire festival to a, a certain extent. Let me, and the thing of it is, you are going to feel the effects of alcohol at by the end of this festival of a festival. There's no, there's no, in, no ways of stopping that. You, your job, uh, my thing is, you want to curb it, you have to get a ride home. There's no driving home after a beer festival. That within, I mean, you you have to make sure that if you're going to a festival, you need transportation home to and from. You want to make sure you're well hydrated. Because uh, last year we were preparing for Brewfest and we, we went to Sam's, we bought seven pallets six pallets of water yeah um crazy because i mean we want to make sure the people are safe while they're Mm -hmm. having a good time because i mean safety and when you're preparing a a festival that's one of the your main things is you want people to have a good time but you want people to be safe too you don't want to just throw on a festival that roll roll the ball out there and, and somebody get dehydrated and pass out or if it's too hot or too or 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 don't have the, the correct setups and setups and where you don't you make sure there's enough DD tickets and mm-hmm. there's there's cabs there's what there's things you can do for a festival to make sure doing sure all your people are are safe yeah but but I, but also we like make sure that an appointment they do radio and television ads we don't want to promote people to come to our it's. It's not a beer shot. I and mean, I, it really kind of bothers me too when people do this. Is, yeah, is when they go to, from table. And I'm, I'm, I get excited when I get to a festival. It's mm-hmm. like it's like I'm a kid, in a kid in a candy store. Yeah. So I boom, hit, I'm hitting this table, hit this table, hit this table, and I'm. But I take the time and I taste the beers, and and yeah. and taste the beers and, and experience the beers, then move it on. Yeah. Take time. Take at least take a, a few minutes. And like I um, uh, took my my girlfriend to her first festival last year, mm-hmm. and I was just hitting. Uh, I just got excited, got kind of overexcited, and it was hitting. I was hitting table after table, table, and seeing friends, and and I was like, oh, I, I gotta, I gotta slow my pace down. Yeah, if I keep at this level, and I'm not going to make it to the festival. Yeah, so I mean. Preparation is obviously important. Pacing is very important. Yeah. Um, I mean, for for me, like I, I like water. I have actually found that coconut water works really well. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can stand it. One thing that um, my wife and I found recently was that, um, actually, I think in the last brew fest, was that part of the reason coconut water was tasting so bad, you know, the stuff we were buying it comes like in the little, almost like a milk carton box. Mm-hmm. Um, was that we weren't shaking it up and it was actually had flavor at the bottom that you really had to agitate by shaking to really get the flavor out. So mm-hmm. for anybody who thinks it's gross, just close your eyes. You know, it's it not down. beer. Down it, take it down. It'll really help. 
propel you and hydrate you, wanna, you throughout wanna, the day. You want to facilitate enjoying a, the festival. Yeah. You um, also want to wake up miserable. It, it was, I, I had to, um, uh, Cook, Jim Cook from um, Sam Adams had a, uh-huh. had a, uh, article that he posted about, um, it was the, the, the best ways to keep from a hangover. Mm-hmm. Golly, I have to I have to look that up. And we we can post it to our website. website yeah. So it, and it, it was kind of very like kind of uh-huh. unique stuff the way he describes stuff. But there's there's all there's all kinds of ways. You, like yeah. when you prepare for a festival, and also like not even just preparing for a festival, preparing for this season of beer when when beer is pairing with your outdoor activities. Yeah, that too. I mean, yeah, you you're. You're going to like East Tennessee. I mean, if you live in East Tennessee, by the end of the summer, you're going to be on the lakes or the rivers. Oh, yeah. You're going to be on a boat. You're going to be in an atmosphere where you're there's a, um, a festival downtown today uh, where you're going to be have drinking beer right in the middle of downtown. Mm-hmm. Gay Street is um, the, um, the Rosini, it's a uh, the Italian Rosini festival, festival. It's yeah, an Italian festival. You're going to be drinking beer, right? You're going to be able to go to the vendors and buy beer right there on Gay Street. Mm-hmm. And if, and then you have uh, the orange and white um, spring game for Tennessee football. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a four to five hour span you can yeah. be consuming in beverages. And you want to be able to enjoy the entire day without falling over. Or blacking, or blacking out. Blacking out or, or anything like that. You, want to, you can consume it. You can consume beer at a... Responsibly in large quantities, responsibly over a large, over a long period of time. Yeah. W- without and that, and that's one of the things that I think festivals can, and that's one of the reasons why you have the like the, the smaller cups. Of course, I mean you're you're not going to go to the festival drinking drinking pints. No. If you and, do, and for those who haven't been, you don't get a full pint glass. Uh, and usually they're anywhere from thirty five to sixty seventy dollars, depending on what kind of mm-hmm. festival it is. And where it's located, and who's going to be there. You'll definitely get your fill. You will get your. I mean, that, I mean, you, people think that. Oh, it's just a small cup. No, after about like, like you like after a few cups, you, you. I mean, you're getting full pot. Like, and that's one of the things that's good about a festival. If you manage it correctly, you can get enough people in the festival mm-hmm. where the lines are short enough where the people don't have to wait long enough for a beer but they also they they're not like they're they're not they can go through from vendor to vendor to vendor like they're shotgunning yeah so and that's and there's always that one guy that comes yeah, yeah, in yeah there's always I mean usually in and this is a... He's stereotype. probably going to be in college. I'm going to say that's a stereotype. I'm going to say we live in a college town. <laughs> the college kid buys the... And we have a... a but, but, but it's the one that doesn't actually appreciate craft beer. They're typically the ones that just want to get drunk. And yeah, That's exactly. why they're there. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and most of the time, like, the thing it is, is also, like, make sure you know who you're going to a festival with. Yeah. That's um, very important. Yeah, make sure you know who you're going to a festival with. And... and uh, Enjoy yourself at the festival. Mm-hmm. I mean, like eat and drink and be merry, of course. But make sure you have people that are reliable around you that are. They're not going to. You're going to be able to go from place to place to place with 
because you want to enjoy it. You mm-hmm. want you, you don't want to like be, be crazy by it. And yeah, you just go with people you trust. Don't yeah. don't ever put yourself in a dangerous situation if yeah. you're not sure of the people you're with. So something else with beer festivals is pretzels. I've noticed like that that was the first thing first time at the pretzel sticks. Pretzel pretzels, pretzel necklaces. Like everybody's obsessed with wearing these pretzel things and I'm jealous every time I show up. It reminds me Uh, when like you were a little kid and you had those necklaces, you know, like the candy necklaces. So they look like, and I'm like, make sure you um, um, ask Rachel Cuthel about some pretzel necklaces. She will, um, she's a fine artist of pretzel necklaces. I will have to ask her so, to make us make the heart I want because we always forget every year. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just it's it's like the the beer nuts at the uh, the pretzels at the bar. It's like when you're sitting there eating, it's, it's just con- consuming stuff to slower the rate pacing. Of, Pacing yep. of the alcohol, and it's just something, and it clears fun. the palate. Yeah, it clears the palate. Something, something fun to to partake in and, and wear. You can eat, mm-hmm. eat and wear it at the same time, which is kind of funny. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Pretz, I don't know. It just cracked me up about pretzel necklaces. But one of the other things too, and, and you kind of alluded to it, is with brew festivals and anytime you drink a new beer. Like, have you, have you, have we haven't been over like how to taste a beer or yeah. how, how to really look at a beer. So, you know, one of the things like if you've, if you've not ever thought, Hey, maybe I should, maybe I should think more about what I drink, you know, and really appreciate the craft beer more. One of the easiest ways to do that is when you get your pint glass and you take it and you lift it up and you inspect it, you can hold it to the light and you can look at it. That'll tell you if it's filtered or if it's an unfiltered beer um, it'll also tell you if it's got any sediment in the beer, which sometimes uh, more craft beers, especially unfiltered beers, you'll find some weird stuff in there. Um, doesn't mean it's bad to drink, but you'll find some interesting things. Um, and of course, the next thing you would do after that is you would take the beer and you would actually sniff it. Sniff it. Not, 90% of your taste buds are through your nose. Yeah, and that really affects. In fact, DJ and I did a little test with that earlier tonight where we tested a beer in the bottle. We tested a beer in a pint glass and the difference between the two is just it's astounding yeah I mean you have two like we it was rose rogue hazelnut and for me in the glass you get that you you get that hazelnut right when you Mm -hmm. when when it hits your nose you it's kind of sweetness then you get the brown it's a hazelnut brown then you get then it kind of finishes almost almost with a kind of like a coffee flavor Mm -hmm. like but when you drink it straight out of a bottle it's coffee it's yeah. get that it's a it's like a, it, like you're drinking a hazelnut coffee yeah. that it's the there's not a, an over pronounced sweetness to it yeah i mean my opinion like you you like you might get something completely different but that's what i take away from like and that's one of the that's one of the difference between a, a bottle and a in a in a pint glass or, or a can or something like that but in a, in a festival setting you can get those you can a lot of times you can get that you can make sure like you can taste that like maybe you maybe like it's toward the end of the festival mm-hmm. and there's like something like oh i've only drank that out of a can or i've a bottle which yeah 
maybe taste something more in depth. Because yeah. when you go to a festival, they typically give you a complimentary glass, yeah. sample right. glass yeah. to drink out of for those, again, for those who've never been. You know, that's one of the great things about it. If you've always thought, oh, I've got to take my own glass or I've got to take my own cup. No, they give you one that you can take and, and use during the festival. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you just want to know how how to how to taste the beer as you go through the festival. Mm-hmm. Like, and the thing of it is, and that's, that's, and that's one of the reasons why I say leave the big boys for the end. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to be there. And the thing of it is, I mean, you, I mean, you can try to like taste those and, and maybe like re-experience those beers. You know when they're also good yeah. mm-hmm. is after you have a really bad beer. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what was this? What the crap? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and sometimes you'll get that with the homebrewers, and the, like they'll 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 like they'll they'll. It's kind of funny. They'll be so proud, mm-hmm. and you and, and sometimes you'll know them. They'll be a friend. Oh, that's the and, worst. And you'll, that's the worst. And you'll say, taste this. Isn't this great? And you're like, oh, it's wonderful. I'm going to go to the PBR tent, which the most beers, the bird festivals, or most festivals don't have a PBR yeah. tent. Like, like the big thing last year was bacon beer. Oh, yeah. And one of the beers tasted just like just like straight up bacon grease. Yeah. And in our previous episode, of course, you mentioned how big of a fan of bacon you were. No. So I'm sure those were your favorites. Exactly. We need a sausage beer. Everybody thinks bacon. We need a sausage beer. A sausage uh, beer would be great. No, I think that would be, would be awesome. But we, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Alliance would. Any make brewer one for you. that's out there that's listening that can give me a sausage beer, you'd be my friend. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> but we'll we'll have you on the podcast for exactly. a tasting. Yeah, exactly. But it better be good, or you'll get the awkward reaction <laughs> from DJ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it's like you, but. You want to know how to you want to know how to taste it and stuff, but you but you can go to place to place and you know like you have such a range of of things you can taste in a festival and 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 be able to you can re experience beers that you you've you've had before and maybe they can change maybe they change the bubble like and and um the instant comparing with people too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like that you don't get that as much in uh, like a, I mean you get, you get somewhat in a bar setting and stuff like that when you're hanging out with your buddies and you can oh you you come back you you talk about taste and stuff like that yeah. but you can get like where you get like that in a two or three people setting you can get you can get that in like a thirty people setting yeah you, you can hear people and you talk to people talk to people and stuff like that and you get the the, the the, the tasting, the atmosphere, the the friends. I mean, there's just so much that goes into a festival and so many things that make a festival really great. Here, here we go. Here's a question. What don't you like in a festival? What makes a festival uncomfortable for you? Um, honestly, as ironic as it sounds, too many people that are just wasted. Yeah. Like, to me, it's it's really kind of because frustrating. That's, I think that's almost counter-craft beer. It, I mean, yeah, like, it's, it's counter-craft wrong, I, mean, I, I, I love to have a good time. I love yeah. how I feel, but... Like you don't like when you go to a, like a public setting like that. You don't want though. You don't want that yeah. thing it's, where there's so many people just falling out. This isn't Bonnaroo. It's not some huge music festival. People are there to enjoy the craft beer, and I think sometimes people, when they get beyond a certain point, make it unpleasant an unpleasant experience for others, and that's kind of annoying. I, I would say I don't know. The other things I don't like um, don't really have a lot. 
I would say probably the lines for the bathrooms can yeah. be a little annoying. Well, I mean, I think I think limiting ticket numbers <laughs> is 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 a good practice for your mm-hmm. festivals. If you're if you limit ticket numbers, I think, or somehow way control the flow of traffic, mm-hmm. maybe do a tier system. Mm-hmm. Like I've all, I've I've thought of that. Like like and, and I brainstorm a lot when helping out with festivals and stuff. Thing that think of things that way I would do better is mm-hmm. like have like um, maybe have like certain people can enter certain areas at certain times. That way, the, the the flow of the traffic is a lot smoother. Limiting limiting tickets that where you're not waiting in you're not waiting in line for two hours for yeah. a, for and and a six to eight ounce sample. Well, and, and speaking of waiting, like um, you know, something I've experienced at other festivals is the line to get in can be yeah. incredibly long for. Mm-hmm. Unreasonable, or like like ID checkpoints. Where, yeah, yeah, which which are which are valid and need yeah. to happen. Yeah, you, you know you gotta have you need to have good ID checkpoints mm-hmm. and a good way to enter in, enter enter in a festival where mm-hmm. I mean it's a scan code or mm-hmm. or or something like that. Like um, uh, and I recommend everybody if you're going to a festival get there early. I would, I would say regular like most 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 festivals are gonna they don't want to. Uh, they don't want to. The most most responsible festivals start midday and go into the early evening because you, know, yeah. you you don't want to end it. You want to end the festival, but about like six or seven. That's when I like to end the festival, for yeah. my opinion, because it, you, you, there's still daylight. It's easier to find that ride home, that cab. You 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 can go home after the festival, get your water, relax. And enjoy the rest of the, in the evening watching yeah. TV or eating, getting dinner and stuff like that. So the time is very important to me, and like and the fact that especially, uh, like you, I just don't I just don't like the, the, having a festival end at night. I don't think it's a good practice. Yeah, because there's having it end at night. You you also have that extra adage of like different bars and clubs and different things are opening and that. You're like, oh, let's go there, and then that will lead to, like, it just it kind of fuels the fire for those that are already drinking. Drunk, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's all. That's the midday festivals are always good. You want, and I mean, I mean, one thing that makes a festival. I mean, you, you can do a lot of things in the festival that are wrong, but if you have mm-hmm. good quality beer and good quality people that are running this. Running the booths, you have a fe- you have a, you'll have a successful festival. Yeah. I mean that that way you make sure you train your train the um, the uh, volunteers on how to pour. Make sure they're they're they're, they're doing a good pour, leaving mm-hmm. enough head where you can get the the flavor, and you may, make sure you have just good solid pours, and they're not giving you two ounces when, or they're not giving you a a full eight maybe because give about halfway between maybe mm-hmm. I mean there's there's just all there's there's tons of little things yeah but the the main thing is overriding thing is having good representation of very good craft beer yeah and make sure you have good food to go with it good people to go with it and that makes it makes a good a good time yeah absolutely well cool 
Well, there's a lot more to talk about with Brewfest brew coming up, and even I know next, uh, by the time this airs, you know, we'll have Brewhibition in Knoxville, and hopefully, I guess we're going to try to get out there. We haven't, we're talking about yeah. it right now. Yeah. Have, are you going to go? Yeah, I'm pretty much set on going right now, yeah. Yeah. There, there's a couple things in the works, but uh, 99% chance. Yeah, I've got I've got an activity in the morning for a photo series that I'm doing, yes. a creative photo series. So uh, it's okay, I might plug that now just briefly because everybody is invited. Um, if you guys are interested, you can um, mention me, find me through our website, humblebeerpodcast.com. And just hunt me down on Twitter or just comment on this on this podcast post and let us know that you're interested in coming. But um, I'm having we're doing a photo series. It's actually a wedding shoot in Cade's Cove for a creative story that we're doing with a bunch of costume characters and things. So if you're interested in being a character or you just want to come as a wedding cast member, I'm just throwing this invite out to everybody because it's going to be pretty cool. It's been pretty Sounds fun. Like pretty so, cool. anyways, sorry, sorry to digress into that, but yeah, that's that's Geek. what I'm doing for. Yeah, I know. I'm just mad. You're welcome. No, it's it's okay. We, you you know I am. I am. I am too. I'm a beer nerd and a nerd nerd. Um, but yeah, so so that said, I mean, there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Um, one of the things I wanted to do, one of the things I had for you was just where have you been these past couple of weeks? Like since we last had the podcast. What have you done? What beers have you found? I know you've brought some with us today yeah. to try. So went to um, the the deep south, the southern regions of this country. Uh, went to uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, Mississippi. Got to go to do a tour at uh, Nola Brewing Company, which I love. I love Nola. Great brewery. Get, go go ahead and check it out. Uh, it was looks like it was really cool. I got to talk to some of the people there. They just seemed just down to earth, cool people. You get, you get one hour of free beer, which what? is amazing. One hour of free beer when you go there. It's, I think it, they have their tours on certain days. I have to look at I know and I usually do Fridays. But on Friday, like you get there at 2, so you get to drink beer for one hour for free. And they had, used, they had five beers on draft. They're, mm-hmm. um, I think four or five. They had their Irish Channel. They had their Rebirth. uh those are the two that I really that had a brown. I have to go back and I should have wrote that down. But they had um, a good selection on tap, and you got to do the tour. That's awesome. And then just drink, drink all you wanted for an hour, from two to three, which was which was awesome. And one great to the great to the, the great experience. Got to see, do the, do the tour, uh, hear the story behind the the, the beers. See the fact that they were making sours and I could not come that day. They were bottling them. Yeah, that was really sad. What happened? Well, yeah, we went to the we went the, we, of course, we did the the touring process. I, I've and I mean, the, the, when you go to a tours of the breweries, I mean, most people probably listen to this have done a tour of a brewery. It's basically oh, sure. the same, and you just look at listen to that brewery stick, and some of them are funny, and some of them are like, well, why are you talking? But <laughs> um, but this he was very good. It was. Actually, the the, um, um, the the head brewer, the, the guy that he was actually on the Brew Dogs episode, um, that's on Esquire Network. He was actually on the Brew Dogs episode. He's a little bit of a celebrity now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a little bit of a celebrity, so he did the, he did the tour, and but he um, um, the 
Nella's working on their sours, and they were bought of them on the Monday I was leaving to go home. Uh, which was kind of sad. I want to eat some, uh, but we got to. I got to have several Nella beers and brought a lot back to, to, to share. Not we went to uh, Pearl Wine Company mm-hmm. um, in New Orleans um, area, which I recommend. The place is awesome. They're, they're really friendly. They have a lot of great beer selections, um, wine selections, mm-hmm. and they have a lounge. You can drink it there. They have. Uh, or you can, there's in in the in the market itself they have a couch, they have a couple couches and stuff you can just get cold just sit on it there but they also have a lounge that opens later in the afternoon where you can go and they can pour drinks and they but it's like a craft beer wine more they focus a lot more they they have a huge selection of wines but they have a huge selection of craft beer mm. so and it's to to go or drink there or to to take with you down the street because in Louisiana the laws are pretty relaxed and we, so we get, got to go there which was awesome and just uh, um, partake in the uh, uh, all the Louisiana area's finest we got to go to a Finn McCool's Irish Pub mm. which we got to I got to an Irish, Irish Pub and uh, of course when, once I go to like an Irish English style pub it's a, it's kind of Law, I have to drink at least one Guinness. <laughs> when you go to an establishment like that and you don't drink a Guinness, it's just, it's like when in Rome, that's what you do at, at a pub like that. So that when in an Irish pub, drink Guinness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When in an Irish <laughs> pub, drink Guinness. It's, it's kind that's of awesome. it's kind of a rule. Um, but cool. they they had the McCools. I recommend if you're a huge soccer fan in the New Orleans area. To get you um, some femicools in your life, um, awesome. they had they had, they had um, um, Nola Brewing Company. They had they had their um, their IPA. Uh, the um, um, and they had the Rebirth. Um, so that which is their Pale Ale, the Rebirth Pale. They had so they and they had their Irish Channel Stout there. So they had a lot of selection of local beers there. Plus, if you're a soccer fan, then they cater to you that's awesome you specifically so it, it was it was a great trip um, we went there for a wedding we ended up doing a lot of crappier stuff the way all my trips end up going so um, I did have a wonderful moment when I was I, did, <laughs> I, I was in in um, I was you had a shocking moment from what you were telling when me I was, yeah this is the, I, this is a shocking moment when I I met a um, a local a fellow Knoxvillian that lives at less than a half mile from me we started talking soccer and beer next thing you know we lived in the same it was on the same street so we drove 600 miles to be to meet a new friend which was kind <laughs> of awesome. down the street but it's crazy that, that that's awesome but like, no 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 you you also said something about the day before that was really interesting day before the how you got to the soccer match Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the soccer match. I yeah bargained. I bargained with all the um, other people in on the trip. My girlfriend Rachel Cuthel and her brother and her um, sister in law. Um, we went to a wedding, and the only thing at the wedding, beer wise, to drink was a warm Coors Light. Um, and wow. Yeah, I'm like, that's great. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, if there was cold Coors Light, I may have had one. Maybe, but warm Coors Light. So um, I, <laughs> con- I basically 
used the leverage of me being the DDD, the DD, the DDD, DDD, DD, the DDD, DJ. There you go. I leveraged, I leveraged them to 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 use that to so I can get to my soccer pub, soccer pub fun. So that that was cool. I I had. I had to suffer through and just sip on one little whiskey drink the whole night. But when you when, when you're a beer and soccer fan, you make those sacrifices. That's right. You make those sacrifices. That's right. That's awesome. But um, I did have a fun a fun moment. Uh, um, it, you'll get you a crack out of this. Okay. Um, I went to uh, I won't name the um, place because I don't want to embarrass them if they if they somebody in that town happens to listen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I went to to um, Ashland, Kentucky. Um, I went mm. to an Avery Brothers concert. Go Avery Brothers, best band in the world. Oh, Ashland. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a ways away. Yeah, I went to um, Huntington West Virginia for the concert. Then we went, we, we went back to Ashland, which is like literally five seconds down the street from. So I walk into this um, pub, I guess is what you would call it. And I was talking to the uh, bartender and I was mm. asking them, so I'm trying to see. I mean, like when you go into a new town, you're not you're not from that town. You're like, hey, what local stuff do you have on draft? They probably looked at you funny, didn't they? They kind of looked funny. I said, like, and they're like, they kind of looked at me funny. And they go, do you have anything that's from around here? So she goes, yeah, I think we have something you might like. So she pours me a beer and sits down. She, this is Fat Tire. I believe it's from Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky, according to Kentuckians. Well, <laughs> I won't go there. I won't go there. We're going to make somebody in, in, um, in that. I'm sorry, that. Kentuckians. <laughs> but, but speaking of Kentucky, I, I was in Kentucky twice in the past month. Um, once for a wedding, and then once just to be back to go to the horse races, and we, nice. we had a great time. Uh, we got to go to one of my. We went to Keeneland. Yeah, the the. The horse races, the big ones, um, the Derby is actually next weekend. Yeah. So no, we we didn't go to that. But while we were there, it was awesome because we got to go to West Sixth Brewing. I love it. Which I absolutely love their beers. I will say I am learning. I really like their stuff other than their IPAs, although they've got some fantastic IPAs. Yeah, I think they're they're known for their IPAs. That's they're got their signature. From. They're just they're very bold, yeah. bold, bold IPAs, and I love them. And I always get them when I can. Um, I'm finding I can only drink one of them at a time. Not one of them at a time. Finally, I can only drink one beer at a time, DJ. But. Um, yeah, but you know, it's just, it's one yeah, of those we're things. we're no longer friends. We can only drink one beer at a time. Well. <laughs> no, no, it's a, no. Okay. I kid, I kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, we were talking about appreciating beer earlier, know, DJ, exactly. so we got to uh, gotta continue that. Yeah, we appreciate it. <laughs> Several beers at a time. Yeah, just it, the variety. Uh, it's all right Just there. eat your peck of special necklace and shut up. Exactly. <laughs> um, thanks. But, but no. Yeah, so so anyways, I, I really like their beers. And, and the great thing about going to West Six is if you go to the pub, as with most, most um, brewery-owned pubs, they've got one-off beers that are there. Yeah. And they had Ooh, a yeah. bitter IPA that was amazing. It's the most sessionable IPA. IPA of any of their IPAs that I've had so far. Well, I'm hoping to um, for us to do a um, field trip to Asheville. Mm-hmm. If we go to Asheville, which is Brevard, is um, and um, um, 
performed where Oscar Blues is, then mm-hmm. um, uh, Mills, um, what is it, where, where, where Sierra Nevada is. Mm-hmm. And Sierra Nevada's brew pub is just opening, so Ooh. I was going to see, I'm pretty sure they're going to have some kind of a brew pub there. Well, they have a working restaurant opening soon. I, I see it on. I will say one of the one of the advantages to doing Lexington for which we do need to do that. Yeah, like, but, we hit all the spots like Lexington, Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, we have craft beer just circling us. So but it's I'm awesome. I'm friends with one of the bartenders at West Sixth, so we definitely need to try and hit them up. I think it'd be cool to do like a bartenders episode at some point, but that's just kind of throwing things out there. Um, but anyways. I guess now we've got some beers we need to sample. So that said, we're going to take a brief break and go grab the beers and come back and taste them. That sounds like a plan to me. Awesome. I'm out. I know. (laughs) And we are back. We've got some great beers here with us. From down south. From down south in good old New Orleans. New Orleans, Louisiana. I just say it right. I don't know. How did I say it? I won't say it. New Orleans. Is that how you're supposed to say it? (coughs) Oh. All right, and we are back. We've um, we've cleared up some technical difficulties, and uh, we are ready to go. So DJ's got the first beer for us, and it is called, Lupe, what is it again? Loop Raul. Loop Garou. Loop Garou. Werewolf in French. Yeah. I'm not French at all. Well, Bahar is so. fluent in French, so. Well, she, she's got laryngitis right now. True. I'd ask her to come down and re- read out the title for yeah, us. But, probably. Yeah, but it's from, from Bayou Tesh Brewing Company out of... Um, Louisiana, um, and I think, I think Baton Rouge, or is it um, Ondeville, 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 I'm, I'm butchering that, but. Um, Arnoville. Arnoville. I guess, Arnoville, Louisiana, Louisiana. we're, Louisiana, guess, we're they, sorry. Yeah, Louisiana, we, we, we are fail sorry. our pronunciations. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but they're actually very sought after. They do a lot of beer pairings, as in they they basically pick um, different craft beers and they pair them with different um, uh, Cajun foods. And mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll say on the bottle what what it will pair with, but it doesn't give it any kind of pairing. I guess it's just kind of more of a standalone. But it's a. Um, it's a stout with Belgian malts. It's a kind of a Belgian style stout, um, um, finished in um, um, oak barrels. So we're gonna have a little, little oaky stout with that Belgian malts and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a give it a go here. Can I open a bottle of beer today, DJ? Oh my gosh! What's going there. on? Here we go. Uh, oh, yeah. Ambient noise is great. <laughs> oh, look at that. It's Ooh. like you're pouring out chocolate. Oh my gosh, that is really silky. Silky smooth. There you go. The head's got a nice um, Ooh, you can nice chocolate color, yeah. color to it. It's you nice. can smell the smoke. You can smell it. You can smell that wood rattling before you even... <clears throat> Oh, 
You smell that? I'm just shaking it. I'm not. My nose isn't even on it yet. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's very oaky. Very chocolate. Very oak chocolates, smoky, delicious. Yeah, that is a solid beer. Yep, that is very good. It's limited release too. It's not, nothing that you're going to get like hmm, like cool. all the time. It comes in the 16s, I believe. Uh, that's our instant reaction. A little. And when we do, when I read the beer advocate stuff, and, and it's, it, I read it because we get our instant. Uh, I kind of, kind of like to compare our instant reaction to it with the mm-hmm. um, beer advocate or wherever we. I use beer advocate. I got a subscription to the magazine. Yeah, and it's one of those resources I've just used for years since it was one of the original kind of. Uh, um, uh, original kind of magazines and stuff for beer so uh, I think it's got a good rating system and good description system and yeah they do a good job uh, yeah Belgian style imperial stout with the same amount of chocolate roasted Belgian moss yeah that's that's true brown sugar french hops um aged in um oak barrels for several months yeah I mean I mean, you, you can like that wood oak flavor. Like it, it that's that uh, you couldn't drink that out of a bottle because I don't think you it wouldn't you drink it straight out of the bottle wouldn't do it justice because no. I mean that that oak and that uh, what you get from your nose is really very pronounced. I mean that's you get that very oak. Just hits you mm-hmm. right when you right when you put your nose in the glass, and then you got the kind of sweet chocolate with a smoke with a smoky ending to it. So, yeah, which I don't know if I've said on the podcast. Honestly, smoky is not my favorite description of beer. Mm-hmm. I tend to stay away from it if it's smoky. I wouldn't say this is as smoky as it is woodsy. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that smokiness you're tasting, like when they. Um, you know, what was cool about being in, in um, Lexington, you know, this past week, gosh, was it this past weekend? Whenever it was. You know, when they do bourbon barrels, do what? Edit out that bourbon. Do what? You're going to be editing out that bourbon if you keep on doing that. And you, what do you mean editing out that bourbon? You're burping. Oh, bourbon, <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I thought you said bourbon. I was the like, bourbon. why am I going to edit out the bourbon, DJ? <laughs> I was trying to make him laugh without uh, having to anyways. vocalize it to get it going. <laughs> it didn't really work. Yeah, yep, yep. I'm hard of hearing, I guess. At the ripe old age of 29. Um, but anyways, like one of the one of the cool things about being there was, you know, they talk about the barrels that they make the bourbon in. Mm-hmm. And they're oak barrels. Yeah. And they get them from, you know, a cooper. And when they do that, they char them. So yeah. that... that Oaky that that smoky flavor comes from that charred barrel that they're using. I'd be curious to know where they get their barrels because if you don't know, like one of the cool things about bourbon is you can only use a bourbon barrel once as a bourbon barrel, and then it has to go somewhere else. So you get bourbon barrel beers. A lot of times you get um, Jameson. Jameson uses different barrels from like that. That's one like. But but you know who their primary primary um, bourbon barrel. Distributor is Jack Daniels or Wild Turkey. Wild, Wild, Turkey. Wild Turkey is the, from what I was told, I think it is 
well, on the tour they were telling us they are the number one, like, or that those are the barrels that they buy, regardless. They buy wild turkey barrels um, for their whiskeys. So, if you didn't know, that's what well, they now do. Now you know. Now you know. Or but next month, the whiskey podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, know. but I just say that because you know this is this is barrel barrel aged beer, so that that's where you get those notes of oak and stuff. Very good, very good beer. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So good. It is delicious. What's what's next on the docket? We're gonna be sipping on this. Next, there's a lot left of this. I know. We're gonna we we may we may finish that, and we'll actually I'll cut this. So so I think this might be more experimental in their culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess I mean they they're they're, I mean it's Bourbon Street, so I guess they're 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 famous for their liquor drinks and stuff like that, but. I mean, but it, it's not it, it doesn't really stand out as oh my gosh that is the beer yeah. the, the oak it's, it's delicious oh it's great yeah, yeah. but it, yeah like yeah exactly it's if, not, it, if it was on tap if it was available I'd probably point to it and get it if I was in Louisiana because it's definitely cool and I like the bottle design too it's a yeah it's a great bottle design it's where, like a where, cubist where, werewolf well, it's a cubist <laughs> werewolf perfect <laughs> Very trippy. Um, so the next beer we've got, and DJ still needs to quickly finish the rest of his... Southern Prohibition. It is Southern Prohibition Brewing. And it took me a little while to find the name of this beer on the bottle because it's a little confusing as to where it is. But it's part of their Cicada series. Um, they they have um, described it in this way. They said, we dub our seasonal offerings the Cicada series after Mississippi's favorite invasive species. And like the cicada, our limited edition brews all have their season. Spot the latest seasonal in our cicada can be emblazoned in its with its unique label. And so the actual name of this um, beer is the POW, Rye in the Kisser, Rye Spring Ale. And I picked this one um, from what DJ brought over because it's a great rye or it looks like a great rye beer and i i always have a little soft spot in my heart for rye so i mean the 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 can artwork is is rather amazing it's gonna has these pac-man looking devil creatures on these and a woman yeah a a woman uh, a woman a blonde headed woman cartoon style like batting them, them. Yeah, yeah, batting them down. It's awesome. It's it's an awesome artwork. I and I just noticed. I did. I did not notice this until just now. But mm-hmm. the label is actually a sticker, which is yeah. very interesting. I never. I you don't see that much with cans. Like a lot of times with the cans, the can the the artwork is actually part is. It's like, yeah. It's like etched, etched on, on or, or like an ink on, or, or on or something. Yeah, yeah, on the can itself, but just like it's an actual sticker. Which yeah, I mean, they could be very very cost efficient. When could you, be when you you can order. The the one thing I notice about it right off the bat is how colorful it is too, yeah. and I bet they well, can't get all those colors. Yeah, that, it probably the the sticker lends itself to like very like to get the the more detailed and stuff on the can yeah that's the one thing about can artwork and stuff that i've loved in the past several years and called there out of um oregon mm. has, has done a great we where we can't get called there here in um 
Knoxville anymore. Well, we kind of had a hiccup with the distributor here in Knoxville, so um, so it's going to be maybe a month or so. Hopefully, we will get it back. So yeah, but but they they were one of the first ones and um, first beer cans or brewing companies with cans that had. Or first ones that I've seen, not first ones ever, but first ones that I really gravitate to that were cans that were very artful and had colorful. I mean, they 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 didn't look like your standard beer can, mm-hmm. which I think makes the uh, drinking out of the can experience like when you're drinking out of a can, it almost had like the the whole feeling of oh it's cheaper because you're drinking out of a can which is not the case at all yeah some of your best beers come in cans and, and cans protect the beer there's no there's no oxygen getting the beer there's no light hitting the beer you're getting the beer closest to its original form and with the technology of the cans inside of them you're not going to get that metallic flavor anymore mm. it's going to be the it's probably the best way to drink a beer like bottling uh is is a great way for like this right here. The, it's a limited release. Mm-hmm. It being a, a limited release bottle is something that something's not going to. It's it's going to get to the consumer very quickly. Very good, very good to have it in a in a, in a bottle. Something special, something uh, unique. U, something unique you can yeah. have out there quickly, and somebody you're not going to have. You're not going to sell six of them or eight of them. That's, that's well, yeah, and, and that's one of the big trends in beer right now is actually the, the labeling of yeah. the bottles yeah. themselves. Yeah, you know, because they're they're finding they have to find ways to appeal to um, other people. Even in gosh, I, I need to find this article again. Um, but there was one article I was reading the other day about you know women in beer and the statistics of you know women beer drinkers versus men and I mean, it's how really how it's hard to appeal and find a good way to appeal to women beer okay, drinkers but, I mean, like, in that respect craft beer drinkers i mean there's a lot of a lot of craft beer drinkers are women yeah. i mean there's I mean, people who don't understand people think that craft beer or beer like when you, see, when, you, when, you, when you see the when you see the um, the cover of the, the the beer magazine or whatever the beer magazine, and it's it's usually a yeah a, a guy with a beard with a lifted some grain or whatever. Yeah, but it's 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 kind of a manly thing. But thing thing, but it's like women have a, a wonderful attention to detail. Yeah, and and they pick out things in a craft beer that the ones that really get into it can pick out things in a craft beer that. Others can't. I mean, we uh, and um, we yeah. have a wonderful friend Whitney. We were uh, we were talking about her when we get her on the podcast. Yes, she can taste something in a beer that I can't. She can draw something out that that she can draw flavors out and like. Like, do you taste it? I'm like, oh, wow, that actually is in there. I didn't yeah. think of that before. You got a because, great taste for yeah, it. great taste for things and stuff. So, but anyway. On to the... Yes. Uh, we, we digress. Yes. Do you need to clean out your yeah, glass we'll, real quick? You we'll can do, do that. Do or, while you're doing that, I'll go ahead and pour mine. Ooh. Good technique, my friend. Good technique. I learned from the best, my man. 
Once you get a little, uh, a little too much head on that in the end, but say la vie. It's harder when you're not pouring a full glass. Okay. Um, so while DJ is pouring his, I'll go ahead and read the actual pal, Ryan the Kisser. Let me read that again. Pal, Ryan the Kisser, Rye Spring Ale. So the newest addition to the Cicada series is this spring seasonal. Pal, Ryan the Kisser. Adding rye to grain, adding, sorry, adding rye to the grain bill adds a spicy complexity that pairs perfectly with the new hop variety used. Lemon drop. Ah, okay, yes. So this is a lemon, lemon drop hop. When I when, when I say when I said um, uh, so Pac, the, that Pac-Man looking things, they're lemon, lemon drop hops. Ah, is what they ah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, that's, cool. That's, this is discovery on the podcast yes, as we yeah, go. Learning things um, as we go here. So named named for sweet lemon and citrus flavors it produces. Oh. Lemon drop and rye provide a perfect marriage of flavors. ABV on this beer is six point four percent. And it has 36 IBUs. It smells like candy. And it, it is their spring. Like um, it is their spring seasonal. So this has a beer advocate score of 88, and the Bros score it as an 89. So it's got a really good rating. And DJ, if you haven't heard over here while I've been reading this, has been reacting very positively. So I'm really excited now to try this beer. Smell it like it's a candy almost smell too, like a candy. Yeah, like a, a very lemony, very citrusy flavor. It, it smells really nice. Mm. That is a lot stronger smell than it does flavor. I, 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 mean, I don't mean it in a bad way either. No, it's very smooth. Very smooth. Like when you smell it, you almost you almost you almost expect sweet, mm-hmm. but then you get something smooth and kind of refreshing, which is yeah. which is a positive in my opinion. Yeah, like you want that kind of sweet to hit you first, and you're like, oh, this is not liquid candy at all. Well, yeah, and this is meant to be, you know, it's a spring ale. It's not an IPA, even though it's got an IBU to it. It's not a, you know, it's not meant to be super hoppy. It's got a little bit of dryness in the aftertaste, uh, but it's really good. I need another sip of this. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. There's bottle caps going everywhere. You know what, what's interesting though, as I'm drinking this, is the the citru- citrusiness is definitely there, but it kind of goes the citrusiness goes away a little bit. Mm-hmm. It does. Like it, I mean, maybe it's that rye coming into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of counterbalance or, or balances the beer out. It's yeah. very balanced. Yeah, yeah. It's not overpowering with like a fruity flavor or anything like that. It's a very good combination of of beers. But yeah, I like this. Definitely, definitely has the chill seal of approval. Not to mention the foam on this is amazing. The foam head very. seems to to keep itself. Oh, pretty balanced. Mm-hmm. What you looking up, buddy? I was looking up uh, some hops here. Yeah, so so this beer is the lemon drop or the lemon drop hop. We were looking at trying to find some information on. Turns out it's a combination of the German. A German, a German hop, hop and, and a, a cascade. So, yeah, very, very Cascade's interesting. Like one of your most common. Yeah. 
So maybe we could um, maybe we could get Brian, our buddy Brian, to actually try this because he said his biggest thing is not cascades. Yeah. So maybe we could um, yeah. actually recommend this. So if if you generally don't like IPAs, maybe give this one a try. Again, mm -hmm. it's not even an IPA; it's just a pale ale, um, or just an ale. Even does it say pale on it? It's a rye spring ale. Rye spring yeah. ale. So yeah. Um, so think I, I would say this is similar. I mean, obviously not as citrusy, but. I think of like the uh, Terrapin Rye IPA, mm -hmm. very sim very similar yeah. in flavor to this, yeah, but without the without the like the hot bite. Yeah, doesn't have a great hot bite. It has hot flavor, but mm -hmm. there's really no I mean, no bitter. I mean, no, no dryness, no. dryness. Yes, it yeah. definitely has a little of that, but no no bitter bite or anything like that. Yeah. So great beer. Um, I would probably say I would get this over the um, the Loop Guru. Uh, I mean, I got. I mean, I could. I could see myself sitting on a back porch drinking a few of these on a Friday night grilling out. So it's a great spring beer. Great, yeah, absolutely. It's my spring beer. I wish we could have drank this tonight when yeah. we were grilling cooking out. burgers. Yeah. That, that awesome. When I go back, that's going to be that has to be something I'll be telling back with me a little bit more. I'll um, I'll be giving you money, assuming well it is seasonal too. So yeah. So. You know. I'll have to look out for that. But so, so yeah, so coming up next, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up and everything, you know, things that you can expect out of us over the next month or so, we are still planning to have Matt McMillan, who's kind of the organizer for Brewfest on the podcast to talk about Brewfest, what it is, when it is, what to expect this year and any, any and all of your questions. So if you have a question for Matt, Maybe you can mention DJ and us at Twitter yeah. and ask at DJ Loop at DJ Loop or Chrisilla at Christopheles, um, and so we've got that coming up. Other things coming up over the next couple months. We're going to be interviewing Alliance Brewing. Yeah. So really excited about that. They want to make sure they're um, off operational, off the ground and running soon. <laughs> um, we don't want to. I don't want to bring them on and. And be like, here, this is a great brewery. And then where can we get it? Well, not, not yet. yet. <laughs> I want them to be operational before we yeah. before we throw them out there. So, um, but yeah, and <clears throat> looking forward to um, summertime beers. Mm -hmm. If you have any summertime beers that, that you recommend, don't yeah. at me. Don't at DJ Loop on Twitter. Yeah. Um, if you have summer activities you do with your beers, we 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 want to explore things we do with our beers and. And or activities we do with our beers mm -hmm. throughout the summer that would be great podcast material, yeah, and great discussion material, yeah, um, just just stuff we do, we do with our beers throughout the, throughout the summer sports activities, anything then that summer stretch getting into yeah. um, football season and uh, hopefully we're going to do some fun with uh, where um, we live in a football uh, town so. We can mesh um, football and beer, uh, and, and, beer. and um, <clears throat> I um, have also talked with some some members of a local area um, soccer club. Oh, um, about uh, I meant to mention this earlier. Uh, it's okay, mention now on yeah. the podcast. American Outlaws. I've mentioned to them about possibly being on um, the podcast about talking about craft beer and soccer too. Cool. And another 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 something to tie. I mean. You can tie a crap beer in with pretty much anything, like activity-wise, and mm -hmm. it, it, it just goes to speak and goes to show that how much crap beer can be part of just your everyday function and how everyday lives, and, and not in a negative way either. Yeah, 
a celebratory way, a, a, a camaraderie way, an art way. It can be with so many different ways. So. Yeah. So, so yeah, so lots to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, and definitely, if you guys have any suggestions, any ideas for the podcast, if you're a brewer out there or even a home brewer and you're interested in being on the podcast, feel free to reach out to us. You can um, find us on our website at humblebeerpodcast.com. Um, or as always, we mentioned earlier, you can reach reach it out to us at DJ Loop or at Christopheles on Twitter. So definitely some great ways to get in touch with us. One other thing before we go, if you're if you're looking to share this with your friends, just so you know, we are now officially in the iTunes Apple Store, so you can listen to us on your iPhone. Your iWatch, your iPad, your, your iTablet, underwear. your iUnderwear, your iBeer, yeah. um, exactly. you know, whatever iDevice you have, or of course your Android devices, it's available, you know, for download on Android as well. It's not in the Android store, but it's available for podcast streaming, etc. So definitely, you know, share us with your friends, tell everybody about us, and yeah. yeah. Two regular guys just trying to promote good beer. Absolutely. This is our hope. This has been our Humble Beer Podcast. I was your host, Chris Hill. And this is DJ Loop. And thanks for joining us this week, guys. All right. Hey, get out there, move around, drink some beer. Absolutely. Absolutely.